0: This is IA Forward, your playbook for success as an independent insurance agent. Here to help you knock it out of the ballpark are your hosts, Shane Tatum and Tanya Leed. Shane, August is here, and you know what that means besides it being hot. It's your birthday, and it's my birthday.
1: You know, I don't celebrate birthdays like I should. I need to be more rah-rah, right?
0: Well, you know, I think birthdays are really special because the entire world changed the day that you were born. If you think about the butterfly effect of everything that happened from the moment that you came to this earth, like, I think birthdays are really special because of that. So, you know what else comes with birthdays is after 40, I think you have that thing when you go to sneeze and you have that moment of prayer that you're not going to throw your back out. Yeah, Let's talk about getting older in in the insurance business and how it has changed over the years and what it's going to look like as we celebrate our, our birthdays in the future.
1: Insurance traditionally, historically, has been pretty slow mover. And adoption and progression of technology use has just at times been like pulling teeth, so to speak. Over the time period that I've been involved, 90s, 2000, 2010, and now into the 2020s, I have seen this incredible progression and yet some frustration along the way and still some frustration. If you talk to the Gen Z millennials at times, there's always been this frustration of why do we have to do that? Why do we have to enter that data that way? Why can't we just grab it from somewhere? And why can't the system just do what I'm doing? Why can't it just document that easier? And why can't the data go from point A to point B to point C to point D? Why is it all this stuff that has to happen in the insurance business? And I think that it's the complicated nature of the independent agency system. Best system in the world, in my opinion, but from a technology standpoint, you think about being a programmer and You're going to write some software and you're going to try to figure out how to get things from a data sharing standpoint from one system to another. And then you throw in the fact that some of these folks don't play nice together in the sandbox because they think that the data is their secret sauce. That is one of the things that holds us back in the industry. That is one of the things that slows us down. Uh, And then you enter the additional complication of multi-carrier You figure out that I have this CRM or old school management system. I'm an agent and I need to get data from 15, 20 different carriers. I need to get data into 15 different carriers. What about the consumer? I've got to figure out a way to share all that. You'd map it out and you start really drawing things out on a whiteboard. It gets really complicated. So I think we have to start there and just understand that there's a complicated world out there and... As you know, we, you and I, we want to get it to simplify. That's the way our brains think. We want to figure out how to get from point A to point B on a simplified basis. And so these next generations are going to help us because they're going to force us as we try to attract them to our industry, as we try to hire in a difficult market, they're going to force us to be better and continue to progress.
0: Not to throw our carrier partners under the bus. But when looking at the way their systems are set up, and they're still using systems from the 70s and the 80s that just have a mask over it to make it look a little more user-friendly, and their home line stuff and their auto line stuff don't speak the same language. When you add that on top of the technology issues... That makes it even crazier.
1: I love to start with why. Why can't we get a consolidated bill for auto, home, and umbrella? And then you get underneath the hood and you start talking to folks that make these decisions at the carrier A level. And you realize, to your point, that the auto platform was launched in 1978. The home platform was launched in 1984, and the umbrella piece was launched in 1992, and they're all three different platforms. You don't know that from an agency standpoint on the outside looking in, because you see this mask, this sort of wrapping, pretty user interface at times that is presenting something to you in a consolidated view. But in the back room of things, they're grabbing it from three different platforms. And oh, by the way, in order to redo all that, is potentially tens of millions of dollars for that insurance carrier. On the flip side, to be fair, we would argue, let's put that into agent commissions, or let's put that into agent contingency, or let's not go waste money, so to speak. And we can't understand this world until we get into the shoes of those carrier partners that are dealing with this legacy platform issue. It's out there, and it's something that has really created the rise of the insure techs.
0: So of course the whole concept of the insure tech puts them as the masters of digitization.
1: It does. Now we just got to teach them insurance. (laughs) So (laughs) what you have with the insure techs over the last five to eight years, you have these folks from outside the industry who see this slow moving thing and they're like, we can be a disruptor, we can fix this, we can do this different. And my only complaint there is that what they've learned, they being the insurtechs have learned, is that insurance is still insurance. If you stay in your lane and you drive the technology piece of this and make it more efficient, that's what we need you to do. What we don't need you to do is try to figure out how to be something different than an insurance carrier. Because insurance carriers are very good at what they do, paying claims, pricing their product for lost cost and reality around the lost cost and making a profit, which you have to do to stay in business. They're very good at that. What the insurtechs have done, though, they launched this platform, this technology first, and then they started offering insurance. And they didn't know what they were doing necessarily on the insurance piece of that. That's why we've seen the headaches and the early struggles of the insure tech piece. It's not their technology. It's fantastic. Technology with some of these players is incredible. Enter a zip code, enter an address, and pull in all this data, and you get a home quote in 12 seconds. And then it's already in your servicing platform. The problem is, is that they are not playing the insurance game to be profitable on the insurance side. Of it.
0: And what the insured techs have realized in the last, I would say, two years is that they need agents.
1: They do. And I think that's a huge win for agents. Agents are distribution, and even though they've been trying to kill us off for 50 years, we keep rising and adapting and adjusting. That's why I'm hugely bullish on the agency channel in general, uh, specifically the independent agency. Channel, But the agency channel as a whole is not going to die. We are small business owners. We are good at what we do. And I'm very, very bullish on our future. I think that agencies are figuring this out. And COVID certainly has accelerated that. And I think we were going to get there. I think what COVID did is give us that sort of power surge to force things on us, to get us to digitize our agent, moving into situations where we couldn't sit down in front of our customer and have that face-to-face piece. So we had to figure out how to do business differently. And when we did that, I think the techs over here are going, well, our distribution model isn't working. This direct thing isn't working. We're not getting the consumer confidence or the consumer adoption fast enough for us to grow and meet our, our capitalization requirements and write enough premium, etc. Maybe we should try this agency channel thing. That was a huge change for us over the last few
0: years. Insurance is complicated and I think that as time goes on insurance is going to get more and more and more complicated. I mean to quote Shakespeare first we kill all the lawyers right. I think people are realizing especially as they get more stuff that it's not as easy for 15 minutes to say 15 percent. They really need somebody to be able to protect the things they value the most.
1: My statement on that for 15 years has been when you grow up unique grown-up insurance. While there has been growth in the direct channel from its sort of origination of online quoting and online insurance, whether we're talking about Geico or whether we're talking about things that are no longer there, Answer Financial, Insurance.com. I mean, whether we're talking about some of those models that have been gobbled up and are now more in a traditional model environment, what we've realized is that that growth was sort of this early young layer or don't have a lot of stuff, or my world as an individual isn't that complicated. And so I just go out there and I just search and I Google and I take what I get. And I didn't have a claim, so I don't have a bad experience. And it just worked. And the next thing you know, you're getting married. The next thing you know, you're having kids. You're buying a house. You're buying some cars. Oh my goodness, I got a teenager. They're about to learn how to drive. There's a lot of stuff as life happens. That website can't fix, that call center can't fix. When you mash that up to agencies that are going through their own digitization sort of revolution, you get this perfect storm of agents circling back into that conversation. And the consumer going, wow, maybe we need an advisor.
0: I didn't realize that I needed grown-up insurance. I had state farm insurance since I was 15 years old and could start driving in Louisiana back then at 15, which is crazy to think about now. But I met with one of our Integra partners down in Austin and he and I were having a conversation and when he learned about assets and things that and he was like, what do you mean you don't have an umbrella policy? What do you mean you don't have this? What What do you mean you don't know that? And I had just joined the insurance world and I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. I had the same agent for two decades and until somebody said, hey, you need grown-up insurance. Nobody had ever told me.
1: You're on auto pay probably, right? right? You're paying through EFT and it's out of sight, out of mind and insurance, I don't understand it. Most of the consumers don't understand it and they just know they have it because The law says I have to have insurance on my vehicle to drive. The bank says I have to have insurance for my mortgage. I mean, I think this is the unfortunate scenario about our industry. We have a lot of mandating going on. And we've kind of been here a little bit at times, but mandates don't feel good. And it's our job as agent to overcome that. I think that is the thing that the call center, the direct channel, at times the captive channel agents who are really put into this sort of scope of from their captive carriers of sell, sell, sell versus advise. And I think that when you go down that path and you realize that, then it just feels bad. And our job as independent agents is to overcome that and make this thing feel better. Best we can, if it's left to be a means to an end and a mandate, then we're always going to have consumers that don't appreciate it.
0: So if we're talking about digitization and we're talking about how agencies look now versus 10 years ago versus 20 years ago, I had the privilege to moderate a panel of agents a few years ago talking about kind of the secrets to their success and how they do things in their agency. And it was absolutely fascinating because they were all extremely successful agents and they did things in such different ways. We had everything from an agency that was pretty much purely digitized to an agent that still worked under a system of having 31 folders in their desk drawer. And each day they pulled out the folder that coincided with today's date. And it had in there what he was supposed to do that day. And they were the antithesis of each other and how they did business, but they were both extremely successful.
1: You know, the interesting thing about that is the way they worked on the back end. What was comfortable for them, ironically, wasn't necessarily what their policyholders, what their consumers, their customers felt. They kind of operate off like this customer single sheet of paper, like a physical piece of paper, if you can envision this. They have all this information on this physical piece of paper, and it's just the way they were trained several years ago, and it's something that's very comfortable to them in how they operate. But that same agent communicates with their client, e-signature, the utilization of technology tools in order to actually get things done with the consumer and never sees their consumers and their customers face to face. They just rarely do that. And so part of that interesting thing is this conversation of digitizing my agency doesn't necessarily mean that there's a bunch of backend changes. There is a way to do that in comfort of your work and still help your customers with efficiency and be digitized and communicate via text message, communicate electronically and do some really, really efficient things with e-signatures and all of that without necessarily changing your back end.
0: The one thing that I will say kind of as a cautionary tale, and it's really scary to me when I have the opportunity to go in to an agency and take a look around and dig around if someone invites me in, is I've seen agents that have decided to switch to e-signature and then they don't necessarily follow through.
1: I know that this is a common problem. There's been several virtual assistants hired to do this work and do the follow up. There's just this reality that when I went to e-signature and the e-signature process was set up and the e-signature platform was utilized and sent out. And once it was sent out, it was just out of sight, out of mind. The problem is the customer never signed it. The envelope expired. There were no signatures. There were no PIP or, or uninsured modus rejection forms. There were no checklists signed. And it's literally like the equivalent of sitting across the desk from someone in, in old school insurance world and literally putting the application in front of them and then getting up from your desk and going on vacation for the week and just assuming that they signed it.
0: So what are your favorite digitization tools?
1: Well, I'm harping on e-sign, so obviously that's one. I think there's so many signatures required in the insurance business. If you're not using e-signature, then you're missing a huge tool there. Number one, even the customers that you happen to meet face-to-face still, maybe in the commercial area or even in personal lines, if you have a main street type business or storefront, those customers would rather sign electronically. They're used to it by now. They're having to do it in other parts of their life, their electricity bill or their banking world. I mean, whatever it is, they're having to already do this. So I love eSignature. My other one, text communication. That's my preference. And that's because my emails blow up and I got too many emails and I would rather get the text alert. A lot of the management systems, CRMs now have integrated texting. There's so many different ways to do that when you are able to text and not documentation piece. That was an early thing five, six years ago, is it was hard to text with your customers because you weren't doing that inside your management system. So you couldn't capture that communication. And that communication could have said, delete this 2018 Ford F-150 and add this 2021 Chevrolet. That could be in that text and you don't have documentation of it so the movement of texting into our management systems our crm platforms has made that piece another huge thing that i love those are my two favorites right now
0: what are your least favorite products that you're seeing people using
1: i am not a huge fan of these Connectivity tools, these multi layer connectivity tools. I know that some people out there are really buying into them. And I think that the reason that they're having to adopt them and become so dependent on them is because they're using eight to 12 different vendors on their technology side of things. And I know you get all eggs in one basket. I get that. It's not the independent agency way. But I would start with. Does your agency management system, does your platform do it? And does it do it well enough? Because here's my problem with these connectivity tools. And these are these things that build conduit and and automate from quote platform A to CRM B to automation tool C and just they're layered. And there are these tools that have been designed and these technology tools to connect all those dots and make all those things talk together. My problem with that is when that breaks, then you're spending all your energy fixing that.
0: I think for me, it goes back to we don't utilize the technology that we have. We don't take the time to go in and actually learn what our platform does. I got a new phone two weeks ago, and this thing is amazing, like absolutely amazing and my favorite feature on it is that it has a stylus that I can pop out and I can walk across the room and touch the button on the end and it takes pictures like to me that was so cool and I mentioned that to my husband who got the same phone at the same time and he had no idea that it would do that because that wasn't important to him and the things that he's learned about this particular phone, I had no idea. And so I think sometimes we are subscribing ourselves to death in our businesses because it's only $50 or it's only nineteen ninety five, or it's only $79 a month. And we keep buying these new subscriptions because of all of these cool things that all of these products will do. Well, I think it goes back to the idea that you'll hear me say all the time, if somebody can do it 80% as well as you can, let them do it. Well, if the product that I'm already paying for can do it 80% as well as a new product, then why not just let the product that I'm already paying for do it? Why not take the extra 15 minutes to actually look to see if the product that I have will serve that purpose?
1: Let's embrace that for just a second because I think there's actually some truth in this when it comes to technology. We're in this pursuit of the don't touch it world. I want to have a prospect and I want to click a button and I want it to go all the way through all of these systems and platforms. It's almost like I want it to sell itself. I don't ever want to have to touch it. And it's this sort of mindset. And I know I'm exaggerating here, but really what I want to do is I want to start an independent agency and I want to grow an independent agency, but I really don't want to do any work. And that has me going I get it. I want to work less too, but there's work here. There's things that we have to do. We can't sell policy and grow our business and achieve more customers by sitting in our home all day and doing nothing. You're right. If your current system can do 80% of what you're trying to get it to do, but you're only using 20% of the system in the first place, why not take things to the 80% level and see where you are? I mean, let's not forget, I'm the guy that wasted six figures on stuff back in my 20s. I'm the guy that did that. And it wasn't pretty. <laughs> so it just, just this place of experience that I'm trying to help everyone just come to.
0: But you're also the guy who loves technology to the point that within the last five years made the investment in a technology company that was specifically targeted toward the insurance world. So you are very, very pro technology, especially within our industry. I
1: am. I love where we're going. I think it's like anything else though. We have to, as agency owners, we really have to get down to the ROI on our investment. technology. I think that we buy things because we see somebody else using it. I'm a victim of that from many years ago, where a couple of magazine articles in Independent Agent Magazine, a couple of phone calls with an agency out of New York talking to their CTO, and I'm going to do what he did for his agency. And the problem was, I wasn't a technology guy. I didn't understand what I needed to understand. I made investments trying to build what he had built because it was gonna take us into the stratosphere of growth. And the problem was he had understood it much better and he was able to build all of that the right way. And he also had the team of people to manage it. And he was kind of this early adopter kind of guy in the industry. I was not that person, even though I was the young guy, I didn't have that skill set. I didn't have the engineering background that this particular agent had. And what he had done, honestly, you couldn't replicate it. I tried to replicate it in a way, in my own way, and I fell flat on my face. And that's really what I see. I see a lot of people trying to replicate other people instead of looking at what they have right there under their nose.
0: What do you say to the person that loves paper that is anti-technology that has been doing it this way successfully for 20 plus years, how do you change their mind?
1: You have to help them get over fear, number one, because that's at the heart of it. There's a fear of technology. You have to be able to sit down as an agency owner and have those empathy-minded conversations and show them the potential results. The reality of it is, is there's also carriers that we are doing business with, that, that we're all going to do business with, that commission percentages are shrinking or they're being re into contingency programs. And our operating commissions are not what they were certainly 30 years ago. And we have to get more efficient.
0: So on the flip side of that coin, what are you going to say to a millennial that is maybe laughing or looking down their nose at that agency that has been doing it this way for 20, 30 years, maybe even a multi-generational agency that hasn't embraced this kind of technology. What do you say to the millennial or even the Gen Xer that um, is saying you have to be doing it my way, that way is just wrong?
1: You don't know because you haven't experienced it, You have this opinion of those that have come before you and you think you're smart because you have that new degree and you grew up with an iPhone in your hand or an Android. That's for the smarter people in the room. Um, For those that grew up with the smartphone in their hand, they don't know a world without it. They are very, very smart people. I have raised two of them and they're very smart. They teach me things all the time. They leave out some things, though. There are gaps of experience where you're like, yeah, that's dumb. Don't do that. There's things that they don't understand. And I think that being an Xer and seeing on my left, I have folks that don't want to train, learn, move into the digitized world. And on my right, I've got the generation below that's going, you people are stupid. I think that us, In the middle, we have this opportunity to show this empathy to both sides and bring them together. My sister wrote her master's thesis on bridging the generational divide in education. It's a very important thing that as agency owners that we work to do that. Number one, we need to digitize our agencies because we need to continue to attract these millennials and Gen Zs into our workplace. We need them to see that this is a multi-trillion dollar industry and it's an exciting industry and it's an exciting place and a stable place to have a career. We don't want to turn them away, but we also want to understand that we need those that came before us. We need their experience and we need them to actually help our younger generations that are coming into the business understand that you can move this from a four-click process to a two-click process, but that's going to cost $100,000 to make that happen. And the return on that's not worth it. Just click it two more times. That's the frustration that I hear from the generation ahead of me to the generation behind me.
0: So I'm going to leave us today with this quote from MLB All-Star Mike Trout. Technology is ruled by two types of people. Those who manage what they do not understand and those who understand what they do not manage.
1: Attitude to choice. Make a great one.
0: Bye, y'all. Ready to get the ball rolling with your independent agency? Learn more at IntegraAgent.com. That's IntegraAgent.com. Thank you for joining us on IA Forward. Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now or learn more at iaforward.com.